Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Little girl. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino. Today on the show, we're going to be recapping part one of the Real Houses of Salt Lake City reunion for season two. Now, longtime listeners of Everything Iconic know that I don't always recap the reunions, but I'm going on my book tour next week. We're going to have a little bit of a hiatus for the podcast, and so I thought I needed to take to the microphone. And not only that, but as I sat down to watch this week's Salt Lake City reunion, I felt such a sense of glee. And I wanted to talk about this for a minute because I know there's so much happening in the world, and I know it's a lot to take on. Anytime we hop onto social media, we see all these updates of what's going on, and it's is really terrible. And I sometimes feel when I get on this microphone, I don't want to ignore what's going on in the world, but I also understand that we all need a little bit of an escape. And I think it's important for us to have a half hour, an hour, whatever it is, to just collect ourselves, enjoy our stories. And as I was watching the Housewives of Salt Lake City reunion this week, I felt a little guilty because not only is everything going on, but I had such a sense of glee as I was watching these women deal with pretty serious issues. I mean, everything from whether or not a church is a cult to allegations that one of the housewives looked like a Lego figurine. So that's a wide uh, range of things that are happening on the show. And none of them, quite frankly, are very nice for the ladies. All the ladies are going through pretty heavy things. One woman had a best friend of 10 years and her best friend called her a garbage whore on camera behind a doorway. So there's lots going on, and here I was, as an audience member, finding such happiness in their despair, and that made me feel guilty. And so, in lieu of playing a clip from this week's Real Houses of Salt Lake City, I took it upon myself to just create a little PSA uh, that hopefully will describe what it's like to sit down and watch these women on a Real Housewives reunion stage. Uh, and I just want to give us all the permission to enjoy. And so I did, I really uh, worked hard on creating, creating what you're about to hear because I just think this sums up exactly what it's like for all of us to sit and watch a housewives reunion. We come to this place for magic, to laugh, to cry, to care, because we need that, all of us. That indescribable feeling we get when the lights begin to dim. Not just entertained, but somehow reborn. Together. Dazzling images. Somehow, heartbreak feels good in a place like this. (laughs) That wasn't really me. That was Nicole Kidman from the AMC. From the AMC, I don't know if you go to the AMC movie theaters, but they play that Nicole Kidman ad, and it was just cracking me up. It's so dramatic. You know, she's trying to get people back to the theater. And uh, when I went to the theaters recently, I was watching it, and I was thinking, like, that's really how it feels to watch Housewives. I don't mean to be too dramatic, but it is true. Like, somehow, when we're at the reunion stage, heartbreak feels good in a place like that. Somehow, heartbreak feels good in a place like this. (laughs) Somehow with all the gals in ball gowns and Andy Cohen asking them questions about whether or not they look like a Lego figurine, it makes us feel good. And so we're just going to have to embrace it. You know, we got to take the wins where you can get them these days, don't we? Ladies, am I right? Anyway, uh, I did mention I'll be on a brief hiatus. I'll be on Bitch Sesh later this week. If you don't listen to Bitch Sesh, you need to because they're so funny. Casey and Danielle host it. And we're going to talk about Housewives. So tune into that later this week for Housewives recaps. And then I will be off of the podcast next week. I'll be on a little book tour, which if you want to get tickets, uh, Cleveland and Boston are already sold out. LA has, I think, two tickets left. And then uh, you can also buy tickets to the live stream in LA or uh, come to Sh- Naperville or where's the other place? New York. There's still tickets left. And then I'm also going to be at South by Southwest, which will be a different kind of thing. It's part of the festival. It's be uh, a little bit more of a book discussion. But come see me. And the book is out March 8th. And I know you guys are going to be so excited for this book to be out because you won't have to hear about it anymore. Believe me, no one's more exhausted by me than me. So every time I know you roll your eyes and you hear me talk about it and tell you to pre-order it, I know it's exhausting. Believe you me. 
I get it. I'm exhausted by me. No one's more exhausted by me than me. Trust me. Anyway, back to this uh, Salt Lake City reunion. Uh, Heartbreaks feels good in a place like this. Also, by the way, I couldn't find a clip from the reunion, so that's why we had to play that Nicole Kidman AMC, AMC ad. But also, you know what? It, it works. It works. And nothing I love more than that. Nothing I love more. And I just saw the Channing Tatum dog movie recently, and a heartbreak felt good in a place when I was watching it. Although I turned to my friend Jenna because we weren't in an AMC, and I was like, where's the Nicole Kidman ad? And she's like, we're in a different kind of different company's theater. And I was pissed. I was pissed. I was like, where's Nick? Where's Nick Kidman? I need her. Uh, and she, my friend was like, nar, we're not in the theater. Anyway, that was a bad joke because, you know, Australians say nar. <laughs> oh, I'm in a goofy mood. Sit back. Sit tight, little bear. Let's get into this Real Houses of Salt Lake City reunion. Now, we open with a little disclaimer. They said taped prior to Jenny's social post becoming public and her subsequent departure from the series. And it said, those posts are not addressed in the show, which I wanted them to write in parentheses, except for right now, because essentially they're addressing them with this title card, right? So, I mean, that is some address, uh, but that's not the point. The point is, they wanted to let us know, and I was sort of surprised because we did get into it. It seemed like Jenny played a big role, and we said last week in the finale, they didn't really give a wrap-up for Jenny's storyline from the season, but now here at the reunion, we're hearing a lot from Jenny, and so... It seemed like they didn't want to re-edit the show. It seems like maybe they had already edited it before they fired Jenny from the show. And so instead, they were like, we'll just throw up a title card. And I don't know if it was the right choice. I mean, who am I to judge? What the fuck do I know? Okay, so we open on all the women arriving, which this is my favorite part of the reunion episodes these days, is when we just see the women backstage with their hair and makeup team. Andy, I love when he goes into the rooms and he's like, how are you feeling? Who are you nervous to see? Anyone you're nervous about seeing? And we see a little bit of producers, and we saw Whitney watching the episodes on her phone. And I don't know if she was like watching it for a second time or if it was the first time she was seeing it. But as I'm watching Whitney watch the episode, I have the chills. I got the fucking chills because I never got the opportunity to watch the women watch the episode. And so the fact that we got a little clip of that, I would have loved to see a whole hour of just Whitney, bad weather, the whole, uh, whole cast just watching the episodes because I want their real time updates. I want like a mystery science theater, whatever of the women watching the episodes because wouldn't you have given anything to see Meredith Marks? Watch the episode where her best friend of 10 years calls her a garbage shit whore. I would have. I would have. Now, Andy goes to Jen Shaw's room. This was really interesting. And he says, hey, I just want to let you know, with Erica Jane, I didn't give her the questions beforehand, and I wanted you to hear it from me. And Jen Shaw says, okay, all right, right, right. And here's what they aren't telling us. This means, I'm pretty sure this means, I don't have facts, but I have my gut intuition, which if I learned anything from Jules Pophead intuition, it's to trust your intuition. So anyway, uh, I believe that Jen Shaw's people tried to get the questions beforehand. So they must have gone to producers and said, hey, we need the questions. And then producers like, uh, fuck, no, you're not getting the questions. We're going to ambush you on stage like we do everybody else. And I imagine producers got wind that Jen Shaw was pissed about that. And they went up to Andy and they were like, Jen Shaw's pissed that she didn't get the questions ahead of time. And he's like, oh, all right, all right, I'll go to her room and tell her. And so then he went to the room and tell her, told her. And Jen, of course, couldn't look upset in that moment because she's on camera. And here's her boss, Andy Cohen, saying, hey, we didn't even give Bamboozle Jane the questions beforehand. So there's certainly no way we're going to show you the questions uh, before the show reunion. So stop sh- asking for the questions. Anyway, then Andy goes over to talk to Meredith, who he asks about Lisa behind the door with the garbage shit whore thing. And it's so good. Meredith said, I find it rather revolting. And meanwhile, Meredith got the curlers in the hair and she's like just trying to get dressed for this reunion. And she's getting ambushed, which I've always said on the show, you know, the thing that scares me the most is being out in public and getting an ambush makeover. Nothing would be worse than all of a sudden a morning camera crew just tell you you're ugly and then that you need an ambush makeover. I don't even think they do that anymore on the shows. But remember back in the day, like today's show and stuff? They just get you on the streets. You're on a tourist trip throughout the city streets of New York, and suddenly Hoda's on uh, Hoda's on a satellite telling you you need a makeover, and then they pull you aside for an hour and they give you a makeover. Nothing would be more horrifying to me than that. The whole nation knowing that you need an ambush makeover. Meanwhile, you're on a vacation just trying to go see M&M World in New York City. Anyway, that's not the point. The point is, uh, Jen Shaw arrives on the stage. She's got a blinged out tumbler. She's got a blinged out tumbler. Anyone watching The Real Houses of Miami? When I saw Jen Shaw's blinged out tumbler, I thought of Marisol on The Real Houses of Miami, and I thought, this needs to stop. 
This needs to stop. Stop bedazzling the tumblers. Ladies, if you're listening to this podcast, we do not need you. Don't get near the hot glue gun. Do not get near a hot glue gun. Don't get an assistant near a hot glue gun. We don't need to bedazzle a tumbler. It's not a fun prop. Literally any other prop will do. I don't know what we're all doing with the tumblers. Is there just one assistant or someone who works for these women that's just passing around blinged out tumblers? Uh, because Marisol, every scene on The Real House of Miami, every confessional, she's got the tumbler. We saw the uh, sneak preview of the Miami reunion. She's got the tumbler. Somebody needs to rip those cups away from these women. I don't care if a producer's got to step in. Just knock it out of their hands right before the red light turns on because I can't see it anymore. And I don't, I don't want to promote violence, but I do promote somebody slapping it out of their hands before we start filming because it's too much for my eyes. I can't see another bedazzled tumbler. I just can't do it. And Jen Shaw said something. I mean, I think it said Shaw or something. Uh, I can't. I can't. Meanwhile, they had the, oh, this was my favorite part of the whole thing. The whole reunion, okay, the sets. Last season on the Salt Lake City set, they had this very snowy set. I loved it. This season, again, we got the snowy set, but this time. This time, oh my God, these producers. Wow. Wow. The way that they set this up. I don't know if it's producers or if it was a set design or whoever. They put a fucking pond right in the middle, right in the center. They put a real pond so these women could fall right in it. These women, we're all going to be teetering on the edge of our seats the whole reunion thinking somebody could just fall right into that pond. I don't know whose idea it was, but it's brilliant because it's adding a layer of tension that I was not expecting. The whole episode, just every time these women get up or there's a commercial break, thinking we are steps away and they did that purposely because they knew if somebody wants to storm off like it looks like in the preview maybe lisa storms off or something it's going to be hilarious comedy for them to try to storm off but then also have to avoid the fish pond and it's just so smart it's just so smart just putting that fucking pond right in the center so fucking rude so rude so rude all the women arrive on stage and jen shaw she's got to take off the gloves because it uh, of course um, it interferes with the audio. And we've already talked about the women's outfits, so I don't want to just be mean to them again because we've already said how ugly they are. So I'm sorry. Uh, I'm sorry to say, but we've already talked about that. But uh, Jen does have to take off the gloves. They're all wondering where Mary is. They're like, where's Mary? Where's Mary? We open with Andy talking because he didn't tell the women why Mary's not here yet. So they're all showing up. They're thinking Mary's in the dressing room. But then meanwhile, there's no chair. So they're like, where's Mary going to sit? And I think somebody suggests like the pond. They're like, <laughs> could you imagine if they just put one of the housewives in the pond? Like one of them has to show up in a bathing suit. Last one on stage has to do the show from the pond. I would have loved that. I would have loved that. Anyway, Andy, uh, no one knows why uh, Mary's not there. Andy introduces himself to all the ladies. He says to Lisa, hi, baby gorgeous. And then he says to Meredith, he's like, Meredith, you take a bathtub? And this was so good, you guys. This was so good. Meredith says, no, because you put me up in a hotel without a bathtub. <laughs> Call it out, Meredith. Where'd they put you up? I need the receipts. I need to know how much that room was per night because they put her in a room without a bathtub and Meredith was pissed. She said it with a smile, but you know she was pissed. She's like, what kind of, what the fuck kind of room did you put me in? You're, these women, we need to put them in suites. We need to put them in suites. I know that nowadays uh, cabling, uh, cable and streaming is fragmented, so we don't have the ad money we did in the 90s. But at the same time, I do think these women bring a lot to the television show. So Meredith was called a garbage shit whore by her best friend on this show. The least they could do is put her up in a room with a bathtub. They couldn't even put her in a room with a bathtub. Oh, I love it. You know Meredith got to the room. I wish there was a camera on that. When she got to that hotel room and she's looking for the bathtub, and there is no bathtub. You know Meredith was pissed. She's, she likes to sit in that tub for upwards of two hours. Remember when they took that cast trip? The only time I saw Meredith this entire season relax was when she was in that tub, when she was surrounded by the bubbles. And so the fact that they didn't put her in, she was probably already on high alert. She just saw all these episodes where everyone's calling her names. And then she's got to film this reunion, which I imagine is already high stress and anxiety. And then they put her in a room with no bathtub. So she called it out on stage. She called it out. Boy, did she. She said, you put me in a room with no fucking bathtub. And I am pissed. Anyway, then Heather, she reveals that she got a real Louis Vuitton. She had the fake. But she's like, the fake one always looks like the real one anyway. Then Andy says, Mary decided not to join us. He says he spoke with her. And he uh, Mary was upset that people were speaking about her church. Mary's pissed. And specifically, she's pissed about being called a predator by Whitney. She's pissed that Whitney called her a predator. Heather says that she wishes Mary was there because when Mary was talking to her confessionals, Heather says she was enlightened and that Mary always gets it right. And then Lisa chimes in and says, well, uh, she called Whitney a whore. 
She called Whitney a whore. Is that, is that right? And Andy says to Heather then, so did Mary get it right? Ah, <laughs> oh, already I was just loving this reunion. Already we're, we're just in the introductions. I was concerned that Mary's not there. Of course I wish Mary was there, but I'm already loving this reunion because it's like we got a little shady moments and something about the season of Salt Lake City to me is just better than the rest. Better than all the rest in the words of a, uh, Tina Turner. Okay, so then Meredith says the show is just not healthy for Mary, but she likes having Mary around because Mary supports her. Then Andy says to the crowd, he says, uh, Jen, this is the first time we're speaking with you. He did not invite her on to watch what happens live because he wanted to save it all for here, just like he did with Bamboozle Jane on the Beverly Hills Housewives, which is so smart. And it, we're all on the edge of our seats waiting to hear about the Jen Shah drama that's going on with her legal situation. And so I'm glad he saved it. I'm glad if she would have been on Watch What Happens Live, I feel like we would have learned too much. So I'm glad we're saving it. I just think it's a smart move. And then uh, let's see what else is going on. Andy says, uh, how did your lawyers feel, Jen, about you being there? And you know what Jen's saying? She's like, this is devastating for me personally, what she's going through. But she's saying it through all these feathers. So it's just hard to take any of it seriously. But she reveals that the lawyers aren't happy about her being there, but she had to be there to answer up for all this stuff. Then she says she's scheduled for March 22nd in NYC, which is coming up. We're about a month out. We're less than a month out from that court date. And I am so excited to see. They're filming right now. I'm curious to see how this all turns out. Then uh, we do a little segment on Jen's apology tour and when she had to apologize for Heather about the Shrek comment. Heather's like, whatever, I don't care that somebody called me Shrek. Um, but then uh, she says, Jen reveals to Heather, Shrek, I called you that because you were acting like an ogre. And then Whitney reveals she called her a donkey. And I don't know, maybe Jen Shaw needs to see another film because she's using all these Shrek references, which... Don't get me wrong, that's a great film franchise. I wish they were to reboot it. But I'm not sure that we need to call everyone in the cast a Shrek character. I mean, what's next? You're going to call someone, I don't know, I can't even think of the other Shrek characters. All I remember is that one scene from Shrek 2 where uh, the the fairy godmother singing that song, holding out for a hero. Classic film moment. Classic movie moment. Uh, anyway, Jen needs to see another movie, but at least she's not calling these people some of the other things, like Lisa, who's calling, you guys, Heather a Lego figurine. Now, when she said this, I was like, I don't understand what this means, because I'm a Lego fan, and uh, I didn't take any offense. If somebody called me a Lego figurine, I'd say, well, what's the big whoop? Because all the characters I know and love are have been turned into Lego figurines. There's a Friends Lego set. There's, I think there's going to be a Golden Girls Lego set. There's a Jurassic Park Lego set. There's all sorts of Lego sets. So everyone from Laura Dern to B. Arthur has been immortalized in Lego form. So if somebody said, I look like a Lego figurine, I'd be like, okay, well, great. All my heroes are Lego figurines. But then they show a text, a text that Lisa sent to Angie or Angie sent to Lisa. I'm not sure. But it's a text between Lisa and Angie where they see this big uh, Lego figurine, this big block Lego figurine. And Lisa says, oh, cast reveal, I think she said, implying it's Heather. I don't know if she outright said it's Heather. The thing that I was really focused on was, first of all, this big Lego figurine. I was like, what is that? Is this a Lego store, Legoland? Like, where are they? But more importantly, why is Angie not here? Because Angie played a big role in this part one. She sent in the text messages. There were pictures of Andy's uh, birthday trip at Cabo. There was like all this stuff about Angie. I'm like, why did we not get Angie on stage? What was that? Who dropped the ball on that, getting Angie there? Because she was a large part of the topic of conversation. And there's something going on with Angie that I don't understand because to me, it seems like Angie just kind of dropped off the season. And this happened over on the Real Houses of Orange County, where that woman, Nicole, she uh, accused someone of giving her a botched job or something, and then she was never seen or heard from again. And it was revealed later that there was like some lawsuits, and then she wouldn't get a vaccine to go on the cast trip. There are all these rumors about why Nicole just suddenly stopped filming. Well, here on Salt Lake City, Angie suddenly stopped filming, but I haven't heard the same rumors. So I'm wondering what happened to Angie, because I think there's some dirt or something. Why wasn't she at the reunion? Why did she disappear after being such a large plot? Oh, and this was the most interesting thing. It was revealed that Angie was given the first event of the season. So apparently Lisa got mad that Angie was given this event because Lisa, I don't know if you know this, but the housewives, they all want to get like the finale event or the first event of the season so they can promote their whatever. It also cements their status as a cast member on the show. 
But I think even more important than that, it's like if you have the first event or the last event, you can promote all your wares. So Lisa got the Vita Tequila event for the finale party. She was happy. But apparently Heather had revealed that Lisa was pissed that Angie got the first cast event. Okay, but then why did Angie get the first cast event if then she was never to be seen or heard from again midway through the season? What happened? What happened? I got some questions. I got some questions, little girls. Little girl. I need to know. I feel like they're bamboozling us. They know something that we don't. I need somebody to reveal all the information. Because something happened to Angie, and I'm going to get to the bottom of it. I'm going to put my monocle on, and I'm going to figure it out. Figure it out. In the words of the Nickelodeon uh, show, figure it out. I'm going to figure it out. Remember that show with Summer Sanders she hosted? It was insane. Completely unhinged. I don't know if you remember this show. Nickelodeon game show. Go look it up. One of the most unhinged things I've ever seen. I don't know how it happened, but we need it rebooted. Somebody let me host it. Hire me to host it. Summer Sanders, I know she probably would like to reboot it, but I want to do it. Figure it out. Figure it out. Could you imagine? Maybe we air it on Bravo, and it's just like Housewives. It was always like the contestants, they did weird shit, and then the panel had to guess the weird shit. Maybe it'd be fun, though, if the panel was all Housewives. I don't know. I got to think about it. I don't want to give too much information because I might be pitching this somewhere. You know, I might put this in my back pocket and head over to Bravo headquarters and pitch it. But um, the wheels are turning. The wheels are turning. Okay, so then what's going on? Andy's asking Meredith about Jen. And Meredith says she wants to get to a peaceful place with Jen. She apologized to Jen. And as she's apologizing, she says, Look, I'm sorry. I just need a moment, Andy. I'm a little verklempt, Meredith says. And she is so overwhelmed with emotion. I've never seen her overwhelmed with such emotion. And she says that throughout the season, there was so much other stuff going on that she couldn't talk about. Meredith cries and said there's serious issues going on. Not only did she lose her a family member who she had to bury, she was fighting with the sister. The nephew had issues. She says, I was in a state of immense pain and everything was amplified. And I've been saying this all season on the podcast. It's like Meredith was going through so much, and I get it. And the fact that she wasn't more unhinged is a testament to how level-headed she is, because I would have been a fucking nut. And so I, my heart goes out, and these women, they should have been fucking nicer to Meredith. They should have been. She just lost a family member, and I'm sure they knew some of this other stuff that was going on. Meredith said she revealed it to Lisa. But it's like, why wasn't everyone nicer to her? And I'm not saying they need to, like, kiss her ass, but I do feel like everybody was kind of mean to Meredith. Maybe that's not a popular opinion, but I I think they should have been nice to her. And even uh, Meredith says that Jen treated her better than Lisa, and Jen's like, yeah, I knew you were going through something. And it's like, what was Lisa? <laughs> why was Lisa? Lisa then got offended. She's like, you're rewriting history. We're rewriting history here. Um, and Lisa says that, look, everybody would have been fine. We got to talk about this. We got to talk about this, what Lisa's defense was. Should we take our break here? We need to take a quick break. Let's take a break. And we're going to come back and talk about Lisa's defense on why she was such an asshole to Meredith, because I got lots of thoughts on it. I want to thank ACAST. Uh, we will be right back. Oh, I love that sound, don't you? And that's the sound you're going to hear when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell online, in person, on social media, and beyond. Uh, we use it here at Everything Iconic. Shopify is the best all-in-one commerce platform capable of handling all your business complexity, no matter how big you grow. I think it's fantastic. You're probably thinking, sure, but migrating is going to be a headache, but Shopify's app store has the migration apps you need to migrate all of your products, your orders, your customers, and more uh, from every major e-commerce platform all the way to Shopify. And I always hate when I'm shopping online and I have to re-enter all of my information. Well, Shopify store remembers your shipping address, your payment information. So if you're on the couch and your wallet's on the kitchen counter, you don't have to get up, which is nice. So sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash everything iconic, all lowercase. That's one month for just $1 at shopify.com slash everything iconic. Shopify, S-H-O-P-I-F-Y dot com slash everything iconic. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. 
And we all carry around different stressors, both big and small. Sometimes the small stressors are the worst for me because I cannot stop thinking about them when I'm trying to sleep or when I'm trying to go about my day. I keep those little things bottled up and it can start to affect me negatively. Now, therapy is a safe space to get those things off of my chest and figure out how to work through all that stuff. And if you've never benefited from therapy, I think it's time you explore. I think anyone can be helped by going to a professional therapist. It's so incredibly helpful to get those coping skills skills and uh, deal with those stressors. So uh, if you're thinking of starting therapy, you can give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be super convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. All you got to do is fill out this quick, brief questionnaire and you get matched with a licensed therapist and you can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge, which I think is so important. Uh, so that way you find someone that you work well with. Now, get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Everything Iconic today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Everything Iconic. And we're back to talk about The Real Houses of Salt Lake City Reunion Part 1. Somehow, heartbreak feels good in a place like this. <laughs> Somehow. Heartbreak feels good in a place like this. It certainly does, Nick. It certainly does. Anyway, then, uh, so Meredith reveals that uh, Lisa was such an asshole to her. And Lisa says, we're rewriting history. Lisa says, everyone would have been fine with me if we could just erase that moment of me on the hot mic. And it's like, no shit, Lisa. No shit. <laughs> no shit. Like, what an insane argument that is. Because, Lisa, you were behind a doorway on mic calling your best friend a shit whore, family poses, can't keep a job. Like, she went in. She went in, and now she's like, we're rewriting history. And it's like, uh, we're not rewriting history. It's just like, of course people are mad at you about that moment. Like, what do you expect? You said the meanest things you could possibly say on camera, on mic. And she's like, well, if you just erase that moment, everyone would have been fine with me. And it's like, no shit, but you, that moment, you can't erase the moment because you were an asshole. So it's like such a weird, it's, she says she's, I'm held to a different bar. And it's like, just apologize, Lisa Barlow. Like, what are you doing? What are you doing, Lisa Barlow? Just either apologize or embrace being the villain. I think that's the other wonderful way that our Lisa Barlow could go, because I would love to just see Lisa Barlow embrace her villainry and just own up to the fact that she loves her housewifery. And she's just going to continue being the villain and she's going to lean in much in the way that I think Lisa Renna in a lot of ways has leaned into being the villain. I think she, she kind of gets her role and she does it, does what she's got to do, stirs the pot, whatever. A lot of the women do that. And I thank them for it, even while I'm hating them for it. Do you get what I mean? And so I wish, I would love it if Lisa just would say, yeah, I said those things. I was, I hated you. You know, or, or just admit she must have felt those things, not only in the moment, but there must be some part of Lisa Barlow that felt like the family's a bunch of posers because she said it behind the doorway on the mic. So just admit, say, yeah, your family's a bunch of fucking posers, if that's how you feel, or apologize. But as it stands, Lisa just saying, well, you, you should have erased that moment. It's like, what a weird stance to take. It's too much in the middle. And Lisa Barlow, I don't know who's advising her on her housewifery, but she needs to commit to the villainry. Or she needs to apologize and own up to her mistakes, one or the other, because this middle ground is not working. Although it's fascinating to me. Fascinating to me. Then we have Andy asking Jenny about being an immigrant. And Lisa's talking about how fun and funny Jenny is, which I thought was probably not great for Lisa, because now we know all this stuff about Jenny. And so I think, what's the status between Lisa and Jenny now? Did Lisa say anything after all that stuff came out about Jenny? I can't even quite remember. Doesn't it feel like it happened a lifetime ago? I think it was just a couple weeks ago that Bravo publicly fired Jenny, but I think that it feels like years and years ago. The news cycle is so fast these days. I don't know what year we're in. I don't know how old I am. I mean, I can't understand space and time these days. It's just tough. It's tough. When you're writing down the date, I mean, 2022, I'm like, we just, I felt like we skipped two years. And if my mom just had a birthday, God bless, happy birthday, Linda Pellegrino, the original queen icon legend, but she just had a birthday. And I was trying to tell her, I was like, mom, we're taking off two years of our age because the pandemic ages us. Uh, it aged us too much. And I don't think it's fair that we add on those two years. I don't think it's right. So I think we all need to just take two years off of our age, the number 
And we'll be like Mariah Carey's Wikipedia page where it says, and if you go to her Wikipedia page, it says like she's either 51 or 53. Like they don't know. They don't know. And I feel like that's going forward what I'm going to say. It's like, I don't know how I'm either 30 or 35. Who knows? We're not to say because I'm taking off some years for the pandemic. It's not fair. It's not fair that I had to live through all that and add numbers to my age. So look, we don't understand space and time these days, and we're not acknowledging the two years. We're just not. We're just not. And by the way, the DMV needs to get on board too. When I go to update my license, I need them to take a couple years off my birthday because it's not fair. The government needs to step in. We need relief, and we need it now. And by relief, of course, I'm talking about removing a couple digits from our birth dates. It's not fair. It's not fair. We also need, of course, so many other things in this world, but I think somebody needs to start uh, fighting for age reform after this pandemic, because it's certainly not, okay, it's not appropriate that I just had to live through all that and then say I'm two years older. Fuck fuck you. Fuck you, government. You need to step up. (laughs) No, we need you to step up. Age reform, and we need it now. Okay, uh, so then... Andy's talking about the Dewey thing. Oh, no, this was not Andy. This was Lisa saying that Dewey gave her two-month-old a back adjustment. Okay, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I just barely started going to the chiropractor myself, let alone a two-month-old's going to get his adjustment done. It's just not a, I don't, I would be so scared. You know, when I go to the chiropractor, your whole body, you get these noises come out. And I'm uh, on TikTok now. I just discovered chiropractic TikTok. I told you about how I'm in Steve Harvey's inspirational TikTok, but now I discovered the chiropractic TikTok, where it's just people getting alignments and adjustments and stuff, and you just hear a bunch of cracking. Well, let me tell you something. A two-month-old does not need to get their body cracked. I don't believe that. And I'm not a doctor. I don't know better. But I just don't believe that a two-month-old should be at the chiropractor. And they're not, it's not like they're holding a bunch of stress, a two-month-old. I mean, I feel like that's why you go to the chiropractor, right? You hold a bunch of... I always tend to hold stress in my shoulders. And then I go and I leave and I feel better. But I don't think that a two-month-old is holding a lot of stress. I mean, maybe the Barlow two-month-old, Henry or Harry. What's the kid's name? Henry, Harry? I'm not sure. Unclear. Then uh, Heather says that Jenny's one of Lisa's minions. And then Lisa will drop her like a bad habit. Lisa says to Heather, you're narrating me. Don't do that. You're narrating me. And I never heard that before. I love that line. You're narrating me. Don't narrate me. They need to get Lisa an ally for season three because it seemed like Jenny was sort of supposed to be the ally, but now Jenny's gone on account of her public Facebook posts that we're not addressing in this episode. Uh, and so they're going to have to get someone. I don't know who they're casting, but I saw some pictures of the gals on their cast trip for next season. Some blog pictures I saw online, and I didn't see any new women. So I'm hoping they're getting some new cast members because we know Mary's gone. We know Jenny's gone. And so we're going to need some people to step in there and fill in the gaps. Going to need them to fill in the gaps, although I'm still very excited. I'm very excited. I love this. I love this show. I actually think this is overall one of the best housewife seasons we've ever gotten. Ever, ever. I would venture to say that it's been a flawless season. Uh, Even this reunion. I was worried about the reunion. We didn't have Mary and all that. I still think it's great. Would it have been better with Mary? Of course. If she was reporting live from that middle pond on set, of course it would have been better. We could have heard about the church, find out answers about this church. Unfortunately, we're not going to. But I still think it was great. And then we talk a little bit about Mary's racial remarks throughout the season. And Jenny says that minorities are supposed to support other minorities. And I just thought, well, Jenny, according to those Facebook posts, I don't know that you're supporting. We all need to support each other. And so I don't know. I don't know. They yell. Uh, Meredith uh, also, they ask Meredith about how she didn't really stick up against the stuff that Mary was saying. And there was a moment, too, where Meredith had said to Mary when Mary was uh, imitating Jenny's accent, Meredith had said, no characters. And uh, they grill Meredith on that a little bit. Meredith says she felt under attack by Jenny all season. She pointed out that Jenny made a judgment after her, after about one minute or one scene with her. She made a big judgment, was talking about her on camera. Then Meredith had this in her back pocket, which you know she was just waiting to say. She said, Seth got used golf balls from Jenny for his birthday. Remember that birthday where they had the bubby cake and everyone was hopping in the pool and flirting with Whitney? Well, apparently, Jenny showed up with used golf balls. And I'd like to know the logistics of that. Like, where did she get the used golf balls? Like, did they just grab them from the garage as they were leaving? We've all been there, too. We've all been there headed to a party, and you're like, oh, fuck, I forgot to get a gift. So you just go in your garage or the hall closet, you grab a candle, 
One time, I, yeah, I don't know if I should admit this on air. It's not really uh, flattering for Dan, but I got to say, one time this was happening. I was going to a friend's house, and I have a candle closet, like a little. I used it used to be a drawer, but now that we moved, I got a whole like candle closet because you know I love a candle. Nothing better than a three wick, uh, but. I have a candle closet and sometimes I didn't realize like I grabbed one to give to a friend. I don't remember if it was a birthday or housewarming or whatever, but it was one that was like I had already lit, which I was so embarrassed because I go to the house, I give this candle and I wrap. I had a little gift bag with it, had a bottle of wine. The bottle of wine was a new bottle of wine and a candle. I thought, okay, this is a nice little gift. And the person is opening it in front of me and they were like, oh, a candle, as we all do. And the first thing you do when you see a candle or open a candle, you take off the lid and you smell it. Well, when this uh, this gal, my friend, she opened up the lid. Luckily, we're friends now, and this was when we kind of were early friends. But I, we still laughed to this day because she opened up the top, and you know how when a candle's used, like obviously some of the wax is out, and I was so mortified, so mortified, because I had given her a used candle. And we laugh about it to this day, but I didn't know, because normally in the candle closet, I just have the new candles, but I don't know what happened. Maybe I just, I'm not sure. You know, things happen. But sometimes you're leaving the house and you just grab something. And I'm here to tell you that you need to check the candle under the lid when you're going to a housewarming or a birthday party, anniversary, whatever it is. And uh, you also need to make sure the golf balls aren't used. You got to make sure. Just make sure. Are there any grass stains on the golf balls? Are there, I know, some mud stains on the golf balls? I've been really wanting to golf lately, too. I've just been in the mood to golf. You know, I used to take golf lessons when I was a kid, but I haven't golfed in a hundred years. And I got this shoulder issue, you know, that got the rotator cuff problem. So I don't even know if I'd be able to swing properly, but I've been in the mood to golf and I don't know what this is. You know, I very rarely get in the mood to golf, but suddenly, I don't know, someone's going to have to take me to the driving range when I get this shoulder fixed because I'm in the mood. Maybe Meredith can send me over those used golf balls because I would like to try them. I would like to try some. Uh, anyway, I think because I just watched that movie Tin Cup. Did anyone see that? I wish I could say I was like watching, I don't know, like a golf championship or something on ESPN. But the truth is I was just watching her classic film Tin Cup where she falls in love with Kevin Costner and they play golf. And so that's what made me, I think, want to play golf ultimately. But I guess we could pretend I was watching ESPN, but that's a big old lie. Anyway, where are we at here? Okay, so then... Seth got the used golf balls. Andy asked Lisa about Meredith defending Mary. And it was so funny to watch Lisa try to understand how she should respond to this question. She says, good question. Let me think about how I want to answer this. Because she is so concerned with how she's coming across in her housewifery. And she doesn't, I don't even think Lisa knows if she should lean into being a villain or if she should just be, try to be nice. Like she doesn't know. She just doesn't know. And she's like, let me think about this. And I feel like Lisa needs to decide where she is on this show and what she's doing. Because right now, she's kind of in the middle and she needs to figure it out. Pick a lane. And I love her. I love her. And Lisa Barlow, to me, is an A-plus housewife. All-star, five stars. By the way, I mentioned Miami earlier. And the finale just aired on Peacock. I know we're not recapping it, but you got to watch it. It was a fantastic finale. I was crying, sobbing. Alexia, one of the housewives on Miami, she's gone through so much this season. She was supposed to have a wedding, and there was a, a, a death, and there was so much going on. And my heart just goes out to Alexia, but it was a beautiful finale. And Alexia is one of the greatest housewives I think I've seen across all the franchises. I love her. So I hope everyone checks that out. I interviewed um, Alexia, too, right before the reboot was announced. So you can listen to that. But uh, it was a great finale. I hope everyone checks it out on Peacock. And I think they're going to be airing it on Bravo, maybe? Like they did with the Ultimate Girls Trip. So they aired on Peacock. But if you aren't getting Peacock, you can watch it on the Bravo Network. I don't know, in a month or two or something. I'm sure it'll be coming. What else is going on? Heather, oh, oh, Heather said that Mary's racist. And then Andy talked to Mary on the phone. And Mary told Andy that black people can't be racist. And then it just went to commercial. I, what, didn't it feel weird that they just sort of skated over that? I wanted to know exactly the whole conversation that Andy had with Mary on the phone. Because it seemed like he talked to her for a while. I was like, let's get some more details. What else did Mary say? Did she? I wish she would have, uh, I don't know, recorded a voicemail or or a video or something to appear at this reunion because I want to hear from Mary. Then go to commercial. We come back. Andy's talking about Lisa and Whitney both stirring the pot. Whitney's very proud of it. She's really proud of stirring the pot. She's like, yeah, I do a good job of it. <laughs> and I was like, wait, I understand that she's stirring the pot and she's doing a good job at that. She's playing that role, filling that role. But we need you to not like talk about it, right? We need you to just do it and then pretend like you don't do it. Do you get what I mean? That's... 
that's the housewife for who we need from from Whitney. Then they talk about Angie and the birthday party. I once again wrote in my notes, where's Angie? Where's Angie? Lisa says she's got receipts about Angie's catering thing, that whole fight. Then she pulls out the receipts. She said her assistants work for Vita, not personal, so they wouldn't have done this whole catering business. I didn't really understand the catering thing. I was like, "Where's somebody should have brought out Angie. Uh, also, that whole fight was really about who got the first event of the season, like we talked about. And production didn't want Lisa to know that Angie got the first event because they knew it would send her into a tailspin. That's like what I think that was Heather or somebody revealed that. I don't know. The whole thing was confusing to me. I didn't really, it was like obvious to me that they were fighting about the behind the scenes details of who got the first cast party. But then we're trying to pretend it's about like somebody canceling on the caterers. So I didn't really, I didn't really get that. I didn't. So I'm sorry if I'm skating over that, but it didn't make any fucking sense to me. Didn't understand. And then Meredith, Meredith popped in though, when they were talking about the catering thing, she's like, I have a question for you, Lisa. And she says, do you feel like I stuck up for you in the catering issue with Angie? And Lisa's like, I do. And then Meredith's like, okay, good. And that was the end of it. And I just love that Meredith, she just wanted to dig a little knife into Lisa because Lisa just called her a garbage shit whore and the family, a bunch of posers behind the door. And so now Meredith's like, I'm going to make you feel bad. And Meredith just, she basically like raised her hand and she's like, Lisa, I got a question for you. And then she just dug the knife right in. Oh, I love these women. I love the show. Uh, Heather says that Angie's really rich too. So that's another reason. It's like, where's Angie? She's really rich. She's got the feud built into the season. Like, where? what happened to Angie? And there were those other women at the beginning of the season too. Remember they sat down with Lisa and there was some other blonde women. Like, who are all these people? Where are they? Where'd they go? And I don't know. We need answers. We need answers. Then Lisa's, oh, Lisa revealed that Heather got a DUI, which I know that Lisa was trying to say like, oh, you're, um, pretend like you're so great and everything, but you got a DUI. But I don't know. I don't know. Who, who am I? don't have a DUI myself, but who amongst us? Obviously, I don't promote drinking and driving. Of course, I think that's a horrible thing to do. So don't get me wrong. Don't twist my words. But a lot of people, you know, we make mistakes in our youth. And so we forgive and we grant each other grace. So I don't know what the situation was, whether or, whether or not Heather had a DUI. But if it was one mistake and she's uh, repented for it, whatever, and she, we, we extend her grace. And so I don't think it was quite the burn that Lisa was thinking of, like, you got a DUI. Also, especially because it wasn't even revealed whether or not she got the DUI. So I don't know. Maybe that's, maybe that, maybe I should be mad at her for getting the DUI, but I actually kind of feel like, well, whatever. I said it, I wrote in my notes, who amongst us? <laughs> and again, I don't have one and I don't promote it. I do not condone DUIs. Do not get that twisted. However, I mean, a handful of friends made some mistakes in their, in their early twenties. And I grant them grace because I know they're good people now. I know they're good people now. By the way, I was just on Facebook. I don't go on Facebook that much, but I was on Facebook and I saw this girl that I went to college with and she was judging someone. She put this big old judgment about someone being a drunk mess on her thing. And I was just thinking in my head, I remember this girl in college. I remember having to hold her hair back and uh, people had to throw her into a bathtub with no clothes on because she stripped at a frat party and they had to throw in a bathtub. And again, God bless, but the fact that she was on Facebook, so she was just judging these other people and making fun of this person for being drunk. And I was like, girl, I remember. I remember you in college, which we've all been there. I'm just saying we all need to be careful with our judgments. I know this is a podcast where I'm making judgments. However, we need to be careful because, you know, I remember. We all remember our college years, our 20s, and we make mistakes. We make mistakes. Who among us? Who among us? Anyway, then Heather calls uh, Lisa a mean girl who read in a magazine how to be a cool mean girl. How to be a cool mean girl. I don't know. Then we wrap this up. They call Lisa two-faced and Lisa says, I didn't mean to be. And then, oh, this was funny when Lisa said something like Henry called her when she was having the fight with Jen or something and said, mommy, you're a good mommy. And I was like, Henry did not make that phone call. Did you guys catch that? Lisa said, Henry called me and just said, what a good mommy I am. I was like, Henry, I've seen Henry. He's busy running that business about the wolf shampoo. He is not calling his uh, Lisa and saying what a good mommy she is. It was like Lisa was just trying to get the sympathy, and that was brilliant, but it was just so funny. (laughs) She said, Henry called me and said, what a good mommy you are. I was like, there's no fucking way that happened. Lying right to our faces, right to the camera red light she was lying. Uh, anyway, Lisa says it's controversial to love Jen. Jen snaps. She's like, don't fucking say that. If you want to love me, love me. If not, don't. 
And I was siding with Jen. I don't know. Jen's winning me over, even though she's potentially going to jail for fraud and elderly and stuff. Somehow she's winning me over, and I'm not proud of that. I'm not at all. Not at all. I think it's terrible. Uh, but somehow, I don't know if it's editing, if it's Jen's performance or what, but I'm like, okay, well, she seems sweet. So there we are. I love decorating the house and getting furniture, but sometimes it could be overwhelming to design a space. And so luckily, I'm here to tell you about a company called Cozy. Now, Cozy is fantastic, a North American company that thoughtfully designs furniture made for modern living. Now, Cozy strives to provide the best furniture shopping experience with elegant, super high quality products, plus fast delivery and easy assembly, which is really important to me because I do not like putting together furniture. So the easier, the better for me. Now, Cozy offers a beautiful, customizable sofas and sectionals that are made to adapt in time. This means customers can add seats to the sofas over time. Maybe if you're extending your family, you might want more space on the couch. Cozy also offers a great range of coffee tables, washable rugs, wall shelving, credenzas, TV stands, and accessories. So much. It's thoughtfully designed furniture made for modern living. There's an outdoor sofa and tables collection that is fantastic. It's called the Mistral. So you can choose the perfect sofa configuration for your outdoor setup. Uh, Cozy also opened its first retail space on Queen Street in Toronto to push the experience to the next level and allow customers to engage physically with the products. So transform your living space today with Cozy. Visit Cozy.com, spelled C-O-Z-E-Y, to start customizing your furniture today. Again, that's Cozy, C-O-Z-E-Y, dot com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Next week, they all receive, uh, they all reveal that they receive mean texts from Mary. We talk a little bit about Cameron. There's that other Lisa hot mic moment again. Ah, oh, I'm so excited. I'm so excited. Uh, I want to remind everyone that later this week, I will be on the Bitch Sesh podcast. So listen to me there if you want to hear more Housewives recaps with Casey and Danielle. They are fantastic. Uh, we will also have another podcast episode of Everything Iconic coming out later this week. And then I will have a week off. I'm going to be on tour. Come see me if you can, uh, or pick up the book. It's out March 8th, which is very soon. And I'm so proud and I'm exhausted from telling you to all buy the book. So, uh, just get it so then I can stop telling you to buy it. But I will be having a week off. So do not yell at me, but I am going to be traveling. Going to have a week off, maybe a little, a little hiatus, and then we'll be back with a vengeance pretty soon, uh, talking about all the things that we need to talk about because these ladies do not stop. They do not quit. We got all these shows going on. We also got Summer House happening, which by the way, this morning I woke up. And do you ever have those kind of mornings where you just don't want to get out of bed? I had a half a Benadryl. I don't know. I'm microdosing Benadryl at night to sleep. And so I had a half a Benadryl and I was laying in bed and I was like, I do not want to get up. And all I could think about was Andrea who from Summer House, he delivers the women coffee in bed. He brings them a cappuccino or espresso, whatever. And all I was thinking was like, what I would give to have a male model deliver me some coffee in bed, because I was so tired from the microdosing of the Benadryl that all I could think about was just a blouseless male model delivering me a coffee like on Summer House. And the fact that Paige didn't choose him just upsets me to my core. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. My heart is with him because he is a gem of a man, gorgeous, stunning, beautiful. And the two judgy girls, I don't know if you follow the two judgy girls podcast, they do like the March Madness for Bravo men, where they people vote on who's the hottest man on Bravo. And my vote is for him, Andrea. It's Andrea, right? I hope I'm saying that. And people got mad at me. Somebody got mad at me. I got a really angry DM because I, I think I might have called him Andrea. Uh, but I love him. I'm not trying to shade anybody. Uh, and he's my Italian brother, so it wasn't purposeful. You know, I'm talking a lot on these shows. You know, here I am talking two hours a week sometimes, and I got notes in front of me. I got a hundred things in my mind. So sometimes my brain turns to mush. I get, a, I say something wrong. I pronounce something wrong. You got to grant me grace a little bit, people, because I don't know. Sometimes I, I'm doing my best. I'm doing my best. We're all doing our best. We're all doing our best. We come to this place for magic. We come to this podcast. <laughs> we come to this podcast for magic, and sometimes that magic is mispronounced. 
So apologies, but I do love that man. And I do hope for one day, all of us, to have a male model delivering us coffee to bed. Okay? And Matt did. I ended up texting. Matt was up before me. I texted him. He was in the other room, and I texted him. I was like, bring me coffee. And he did. He did. Anyway, I love you all so much for listening. Let's take, oh, let's do our cheese little cool down. But I got to tell you, so I, I mentioned inspirational TikTok that I've really been in, you know, involved in and invested in. And it's mostly somehow Steve Harvey shows up, but there was this one TikTok with Brene Brown, who I don't know if you know Brene Brown. She's like an inspirational person. She's got some books out. I don't know. She used to be on Oprah. And she said something that really hit home because as I'm about to, I'm about to go to New York and do some press stuff for this book. And then I'm going to be touring and doing the book tour. And I've been feeling so overwhelmed with emotion and anxiety. And I'm someone who suffers from anxiety anyway. And it's all been really stressful to me. And I noticed myself starting to spiral this week. And I saw this thing where she had said, and I'm paraphrasing that I might get this wrong. So forgive me, but she said something along the lines of, uh, our body's response to anxiety and excitement are very similar responses for both emotions. But how we label those emotions is really what makes the difference. So oftentimes when we're excited, we might instinctually label that feeling that our body has as anxiety when it, we should really label it excitement. And when we label it, that affects the subsequent feelings that we have about what's going on and, and, our emotion towards it. So if we label the feelings of excitement as anxiety instead of excitement, then our bodies start to go into that anxiety fight or flight mode. And we have all those feelings that go with anxiety. And it just put things crystal clear for me because I do think what mostly I'm experiencing as I go forth as I go forth uh, with the book release of How Do I Unremember This out March 8th. I think most of that is excitement, but it's coming, my my brain is processing it as anxiety instead of excitement, and it's really fucking me up. So I'm trying to turn that around. And I thought that was a good lesson for us all. When you're feeling that, try to, even if you're feeling something that would make you anxious, try to relabel it as excitement and see if that might help you. Because I don't know, it helped me and maybe I'm the only one. But uh, it really did help. So God bless Brene Brown. God bless Brene Brown. Anyway, uh, let's take a deep breath in because I think we all need it these days. Lots going on. We need we need to take a deep breath in and hold it. Breathe out. Let's take another deep breath in. Hold it. And breathe it out, baby. Breathe it out, little girls. Little girl. I'm sad to be losing that from the soundboard. We're not going to have our Salt Lake City gals on the soundboard. Maybe we will. We can keep them on for a little bit, I guess. I suppose. Anyway, I love you all so much for listening, and I hope to see you all very soon on the the little tour. I'm excited to see some of you and meet some of you and all of that kind of stuff. So uh, pick up the book and stay tuned. And I love you all so much for listening. Bye-bye.